Hello. Episode 31. Thank you for joining me. This week I'm talking to Bev Rage of Bev Rage and the Drinks. Beverly Rage, full name, or other name, alter ego, Josh. Josh Beverly Bev is based in Chicago and is lead singer of a queer core punk band um, who I first uh, became aware of due to another podcast, um, a drag podcast. Bev is a drag performer but is a punk performer and is the lead singer of the band. Um, we talk a lot about the history of um, of queercore music and uh, and her history and how Bev came to be. Um, and there's some very funny stories there. Um, it's quite an adult issue, this particular one, so if you do have tender ears and you are joining in um, expecting uh, an interview because you've listened to something that might have been a little bit softer the week before, then this one's not quite as gentle as episode 30. Just to pre-warn you, it's you've got the E rating, you should know better if you don't like it. Anyway, thanks for joining. So episode 31 going, um, have to say hello to lots of places in the world. Um, I seem to have uh, a, a spurt of activity in Finland and a surge of activity in Australia. A lot of Australia listeners jumped in in the last a uh, couple of months so uh, brilliant bring it on hello australia and hello to the rest of the world now i'm going to try and keep my intro a little bit short and sweet today now things that i probably should address but i'm not going to go into details with harvey weinstein kevin spacey thank you kevin spacey for putting gay rights back by miles Anyway, we won't even go there right now. Donald Trump, we're not. I just, I'm just not gonna go there today, um, because uh, I'm feeling a little fragile mentally, and I don't feel prepared to delve too far into that. Yes, the world continues to be completely chaotic and dismaying, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to entertain and cheer you up and see you on your commute, your baths, your baths, your showers. Whatever it is you do as you listen and while away the hours listening to me. So, um, yes, let's forget them for a moment and hope that <laughs> the world gets better in the next five years. Anyway, jumping on to um, things that have happened this... Uh, well, things that have happened... I'm going to go to recommendation of things that have happened, really. Tie them up this week because let's go to... Obviously, everybody in the world's been watching Stranger Things. If you haven't, then... Well, you're being lazy. Um, Stranger Things, which I've talked about before, um, and I loved the first season, and we pretty much watched the whole season in one sitting of the second season. Um, I loved it, and obviously I'm not going to spoil it because that's not my job, but the episode number seven is one that I liked, and I liked as a standalone episode, but I'm not quite sure how I feel about it fitting into the general scheme of things so um yeah for anyone who's already seen that share your thoughts with me let me know um also now people may there may be well not a collective side because i know some of my listeners will like this but some won't and i'm gonna go for ooh, don't come don't, don't don't groan but will and grace i know now it gets a lot of criticism, or it's now getting a lot of criticism, it's had it before, for its kind of soft focus gay portrayal um, and that stereotypes are played out. But do you know what? It was just really lovely to have the show as a collective, as an old friend, old friends back. And it certainly got up to speed uh, in the last three episodes uh, that I've seen. Um, the humour is snappy in its traditional sitcom and perhaps it's being a little bit more daring than it has been before but you know I, I love the characters and we need stuff like that in the world right now if something makes me laugh and it's fairly straightforward and it's simplistic I mean obviously the writing is very clever to make it seem like it's quite simplistic but yeah sorry if you don't like it well you know i'm just expressing my opinion i genuinely have enjoyed having something uncomplicated on television again um and it's not about death and destruction and it's just fun 
and I'd forgotten how much fun it was. So anyway, I've really enjoyed that. Um, also, because my guest uh, Bev has um, an EP, Bev Rage of the Drinks have an EP out, and it is on iTunes, and I can recommend again if you want um, some energy and and a bit of a pulse pumped back into you, then this EP is the one to do it. It's called Honk If You're Hungry and Yeah. Hunk if you're hunk if you're hungry, y e r, um, and it's on iTunes, Bandcamp, etc., etc., and uh, Bev will be selling herself during our chats, but um, it's a great EP. Um, there are some wonderful tracks. Um, uh, just go go listen go listen. Um, it's a four track EP. It's lots of fun and um and uh, bev speaks her mind <laughs> that's all i'll say but yeah five stars um also a uh, final recommendation for this week is an album by a singer from who's been around for forever um she's called pp arnold and she was a backing singer for tina turner she did some backings vocals for the rolling stones um she had a track that gets used in films and television over and over called the first cut is the deepest and was covered by rod stewart i believe um and she also sang with uh, Alton 8 on the track Evaporate and was with KLF for those people who are uh, of 90s origins, you'll know them. Um, but uh, this album, The Turning Tide, has only been released this week, but it was recorded uh, in the late 60s, early 70s and uh, and was just held back. Um, and it's a brilliant album and it feels very much of its time but sounds saying that at the same time sounds so bloody fresh that it's yeah it's uh i'm i've been listening to it today whilst running and and uh and kind of going about my life and i could just again five stars uh pp arnold it's got some of uh people who've worked i believe some of the rolling stones are actually on the album um, some of Elton John's band from the time as well. It's got a lot of uh, kind of starry star. Well, stars um, in the music world anyway. Um, go and have a listen to that. P.P. Arnold. And finally, just to say, um, yes, there will be details. I am in rehearsals for the show for Get Therapy and I will be posting uh, details about that. Um, anyway. Keep listening, keep subscribing, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bev Rage. Hello and good morning, Bev. Hi, Matt. How are you today? I'm very good. Now, Bev, Beverly, Josh, do you have a preference? Um, You know, I think Bev is good. I, uh, I always say uh, friends or... Um, Friends call me Bev, but you can call me Beverly. But <laughs> I, I would say that we're friends now, so that's uh, we can just we can just go with Bev today. <laughs> okay, cool, Bev. Now listen, um, Bev uh, is lead singer of Beverage and the Drinks, which is a queer core punk band in Chicago, and um, I, I just think you have an incredible energy. Um, so uh, yeah, very excited for you to be joining us. So thank you so much. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's been a very fun project to work on. Um, I say my energy usually comes from whiskey so, <laughs> <laughs> on very late nights, but it's very early right now in Chicago, so my energy may be down a little bit. Hopefully, there's no whiskey, <laughs> I, I, no, no whiskey in the coffee currently. Well, I mean, there's yeah. some on the counter over. There. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not, no, 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 no. I can't jump into that yet. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be another ten years in rock and roll before you get to that stage, I guess. Really, so. Uh... I know when my voice gets all hoarse. I did stop smoking cigarettes a few years ago, so now I can kind of. Uh, oh well done. I could probably start. I could probably start drinking a little more heavily. <laughs> You've cut out one vice for goodness' sake. <laughs> exactly. To get my voice all smoky and dark. <laughs> now, Bev, you're um, based in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And have you? Are you a native? Are you born and bred in Chicago, or are you originally from elsewhere? 
I'm not. I've uh, I've been in Chicago for about ten years now, but I am originally from a very small town in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, I refer to it as Buttfuck Ohio, but that makes it seem like it's much more interesting than it is. Okay. <laughs> um, it was there was uh, nothing. There was no no culture. Um, you know, there was culture, but it was nothing I was terribly interested in. Sure. Um, it was a um, kind of like white trash trailer park mixed with uh, farms. So, <laughs> um, both of which I have, uh, have shaped my character quite a bit, but maybe not my uh, my actual personality. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so when but, did, when so go when when did you leave when did you leave the, um, Ohio buttfuck Ohio so I uh, I went to um, I went to college in Cleveland Ohio and uh-huh. uh, which is a little a little better it's a bigger city I, I like Cleveland quite a bit actually mm-hmm. um, it has a very good music scene and that's where I started to uh, play in bands and whatnot um, okay. but then after uh, what five or six years living in uh, the Cleveland area. I just kind of got sick of it. I needed something a little bigger. So I moved to Chicago. It was, uh, it was Chicago, New York, or L.A. or San Francisco. Mm. And I kind of kind of landed here, and I haven't left yet. So Did you have people will... there kind of, did you have a social group ready-made, or was this kind of coming in fresh and just starting again? You know, I didn't really have a social group. It was kind of scary to kind of jump into a new city. Yeah. Uh, so it took a little bit of adjustment period. I found a job, found some great friends, and I'm still here. It's been it's been really great. There's a fantastic music scene in Chicago and a yeah. uh, very very large uh, gay population, which is um, something that I was also looking for. Sure, that can have its that can have its downfalls, of course, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but maybe we'll get into that later. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. But uh, but Chicago's great. I love it here. It's a uh, uh, great, great city. I don't know if you've visited before. Yeah, so do you know what? I've uh, I've been everywhere. I've been through. I've been to. The, I've been through the airport, flying to Spokane, Washington, mm. <laughs> which was you know quite a small oh. town trip yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but the, yes, uh, no, I've never left the airport. Those bathrooms in that airport. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to say it was probably the most. If I'm really honest, it's the most aggressive airport I've ever been through. Um, it was, it was, mm. yeah. I lost luggage through Chicago. It was all very stressful. <laughs> so I need to get oh, out no. the airport and and walk the walk the pavements and uh, yeah, actually smell the coffee. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you need to you need to visit. It's a great city. Yes, cool. that is it is definitely on the list. Um, and so yeah, the music scene's uh, quite buoyant there. It sounds like. Yeah, it's really great. Um, I. I I didn't really play music when I first moved here because it was a little overwhelming, actually. I moved from Cleveland where I was kind of a, not really a big fish in a small pond, but mm-hmm. at least I knew everyone. Yeah. Um, but then you get to Chicago and it's like, oh, shit, there's so many. I'm, I'm allowed to say shit, right? Oh, you can say oh, what you like. Okay, Absolutely, good. go for it. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I moved to Chicago and it was kind of like, oh, it's just so overwhelming. There's so many bands and so many different kinds of genres of music. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, attitude in some sense, it, but okay. uh, also just a really thriving DIY scene that's really difficult to uh-huh. uh, figure out and get into and figure out where all these little house shows are and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, so I just stopped playing music for a little while because it was all overwhelming. But uh, for the past few years, I've been doing um, doing this beverage and the drinks thing, and it's been really, uh, really great. And have met a ton of other great musicians and queer musicians, yeah, and, uh, alternative uh, artists and whatnot. So it's been it's been very eye opening and kind of have built another new community and a new friend group around music, which is sure. uh, really inspiring and great. I want to come back to that in a minute because um, I know you've mentioned mm-hmm. that you were kind of saying about being overwhelmed um, and kind of the, the problem with, um, not the problem, but you just felt there was too many, that the bands that were there were the kind of the emphasis on machismo was just a little bit too uh, heavy. <laughs> yeah, you could say that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, mm-hmm. we definitely want to come back to that. Um, just jumping back sure. a little bit, um, just as a brief thing. Mm-hmm. So just because uh, I'm sure this has fed into your uh, music and the, the forming of 
of Bev as a personality, but school. <laughs> Can I take mm-hmm. you back to school? I know it's a, some, for some people it's not a great place to be, but um, just just kind of you don't have to go into great depths. But was it a place that you were comfortable in? Um, I mean, for are we talking? Are we talking uh, high school? Or are we well, college? kind of. Well, a bit of both because I know it usually changes once yeah. you get into college. But high school, I suppose, is is where it starts to form, where the personality. Yeah, I mean. Form. High school was always kind of weird. It was, um, I, like I said, it was kind of a small rural town laced with um, kind of, it was right next to a big city. So it was kind of like, or not a big city, but a big city for where I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I never really felt too in place there, but it, it was a nice uh, reprieve when I found music. I started playing in, um, playing in bands when, I was like 16, 15, okay. 16. So I kind of removed, I didn't, I still went to high school, obviously. I graduated mm-hmm. and whatnot. But um, I kind of removed myself socially from that, which was a very smart thing to do because it was when I was kind of figuring out my sexuality and uh, trying to understand all of that. So yeah. I removed myself. I got into music. I went on tour. I did all of that, and right. didn't really interact too much with uh, with the uh, little uh, hicks and yeah, 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 bigots um, in my in my high school. And but I was always uh, I was always kind of a weirdo in general. So um, I don't think they were too butt hurt by me not being <laughs> around. <laughs> um, did you Did you start off on on bass? Was that your first um, instrument? You know, I was thinking about that the other day, and I always say that I did start out on bass, but I um, I was thinking back, and I remember taking guitar lessons when I was like 13, 12, mm-hmm. 13, so I guess I did start out on a guitar. I was just, uh, I was playing bass for a very long time in bands when I was in Ohio, and um, then moved to guitar for a little while, moved uh-huh. back to bass for Bev, and we actually just got a new bass player so i yes. am now playing guitar in the band which is where i really feel comfortable oh, okay so okay it's very exciting and happy for me to do that yeah i've well, never even I've, I've never really liked playing bass to be honest. oh really <laughs> even though i've done it for 15 fucking years okay <laughs> oh okay okay yeah that's interesting that you've just had to do it because you had to <laughs> i know no one else would do it so uh. i i I'm very, uh, I'm very versatile in that <laughs> sense only. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a question um, that I kind of asked to all my guests who are uh, LGBT queer. Um, mm-hmm. When were you? When when did you first kind of become aware of your own sexuality? Was it? Was it? I mean, you know, I, I always say kind of. I remember kind of being about eight years old and things really starting to fall into place in my mind. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I would say sometime around there, probably, maybe like, maybe around like 10, 10 to 12, somewhere around that age. Yeah. Probably when I was uh, downloading pictures on the internet and they would be loading about one kilobyte <laughs> per minute and, and, that, and that dick would be coming into view, I'd be like, oh, all right. And I would just like skip over the, uh, skip over the tits and just stare at the dicks. So, um, so it was probably, that. it was. Sorry, I'm. No, this is. No, you're. Uh, you're. It's just. For, for, it's all right for me because I'm kind of halfway through my day. But for you, it's first thing in the morning, and you're just in coffee time. <laughs> if, you, know, if, you, if you can go straight um, there. No, but it, it was. Pro- well, there's there's a saying about the morning. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it was probably around that time. Uh, I didn't come out at least to myself really until I was. I don't know. I was probably. 16 17 somewhere okay. around there um and so then it kind of tied in with, out, with music for you. friends and college yeah uh yeah it was it was all definitely connected it was uh when i first started playing music out in the world was really when i started to feel comfortable with myself. Yeah. it took a long time and there was a lot of development there but um it was it's all definitely connected being an artist and being able to figure out your sexuality it's definitely sure in some sense sure um and Um, i feel i feel lucky that i was able to have that at that point yeah no absolutely especially being in a small town and having the having the escape is yeah it's 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 something Mm -hmm. that not everybody in even in this country in small towns doesn't i i I was in a same position and i didn't have that opportunity sadly but um Mm -hmm. so 
that kind of jumps jumps to the to jumping to um, the band, the current band, Beverly Ridge mm-hmm. and the Drinks. Um, <laughs> how 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 was how was Bev birthed? First of all, how did how, how did you how did you how did you fall upon Bev? Where did she where what was the first day that Bev appeared in the mirror? <laughs> well, I think Bev has always been in me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, the formation of Bob, it's kind of weird. Um, I guess, so I, I've i always been interested in drag. I've always been interested in kind of playing with gender in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also I've also always looked in the mirror and kind of seen a really basic-looking white dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty typical-looking. And um, it's always been my goal at least uh, through my music and my art to really bring queerness, especially unapologetic queerness, mm-hmm. uh, to punk rock music, which in uh, many scenes and many circles is very masculine. It's very uh, uh, driven by um, four white men in a band sure. singing about um, problems that probably don't exist. Um, you sent me some stuff telling me about that you and um, Aaron from the band, you met on Craigslist. Yes, um, we did. <laughs> um, um, so uh, yeah, so, explain the full story because there's there's the whole thing of selling plasma as well. <laughs> yeah, I know the the story is ridiculous and it is a hundred percent true. It's brilliant, which most people don't believe me. Um, so uh, let's see, this was years ago, maybe like five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had put a ad up on Craigslist, which is which is how you did it back then. Yeah, uh, maybe even more than five years ago, but um, basically uh, saying that I wanted to start a queer punk band. Um, I had been uh, uh, I had been in a queer punk band for years prior to this when I was in Ohio. But okay, um, when I got when I so when I got here, I uh, I stopped doing it as I said earlier. But um, after a few years, I was like, okay, I'm ready to jump back into this. Let's see who I can find. So I put an ad on Craigslist. Yeah. Hey, let's start this queer punk band and uh, blah blah blah. Nothing about drag in it because it, that wasn't flushed out at the time. Sure. Um, so uh, Aaron responded we kind of corresponded for a little while and um we probably uh saw each other on myspace or something who knows <laughs> um but um but it kind of fizzled out a little bit uh-huh. uh flash forward um maybe about a year or so and i'm walking down lake street in the west loop of chicago mm-hmm. um i was doing these focus groups and i was selling plasma because i was pretty fucking poor at that time in my life sure and um, so I'm walking down the street, probably like smoking a cigarette uh, with the headphones in or something. And uh, I see this flash of like <laughs> this flash of white uh, zip past me on a bike. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I hear like a screeching stop and I look behind me and it's uh, Aaron, who I had known from his Internet pictures. Uh, walking, to, walking toward me, walking this um, this bike, bike dressed all in white with this little cute hat on, and and um, the bike uh, was attached to an ice cream cart. So he was uh, uh-huh. dressed up as an ice cream man selling ice cream. Probably had a difficult point in his life yeah, as well because yeah. he had to do that. Um, and I was walking to sell plasma, so we were like, I cannot. <laughs> we just looked at each other and we're like, I can't believe this is our first meeting, but. <laughs> it's quite brilliant, um, really. It's not Bono and the Edge sitting down in a bar in Dublin, but it's much more interesting. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the funny and the funny thing is, I could not find the clinic to sell, to sell it. Oh, at, that day. I didn't. I didn't make it there. Oh no. <laughs> so, yeah. So you didn't. I get had it sell- written. <laughs> you didn't. Sell I didn't even words. make any money that day. No, <laughs> but you got a, you got, no. you got you got the beginnings of band from. That's brilliant. I, I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we uh, so we got we got together maybe like a few months after that and started okay. music, and then it was two years before we even played a show. So yeah. Um, so, so that was the beginning. What year was your what year uh, was the first your first gig then? We played a gig in the very beginning of. 2016 i believe okay um 
Yeah, our first show was in two thousand the early spring of two thousand sixteen with Pansy Division. Right. Chicago. Yes. Yes. Um. And um. Again, I you sent me some stuff. I actually because of um reading um there's a magazine in the uk called gay times and um there there was was the the whole queer core thing there was a there was many years ago there was an article and um pansy division Mm -hmm. talked about a lot so i kind of found stuff um and yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was i was aware of but so that was your first uh gig as uh, where bev took to the stage for the first time with pansy division then well uh, supporting them yeah, yeah, it was, it was really great. I uh, I've I've been friends with uh, some of the guys in Pansy Division for years. Mm-hmm. They um, it's actually kind of interesting because when I was, gosh, I'm 33 now, and when I was um, I guess 16 or 17, one mm-hmm. of my first gigs ever was with Pansy Division in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I was not. I don't think I was out of the closet at that point, probably. Mm-hmm. But um, so I met. So I met them when i was 17 years old <laughs> yeah and uh kind of kind of just developed a friendship with them over the next 15 years and sure. um just so happened our first show uh as beverage and the drinks was with pansy division that she was in um a few years ago two years ago or so now amazing amazing so it was, it was kismet, kismet exactly <laughs> whatever that means yeah i know it's it always sounds nice uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so your band that there's, there's so there's four of you now. So um, there's yourself um, and Aaron and Trevor, who is m- drums and then does everything else as well. You all, you all cover a lot of ground. It seems like. Yeah. So the uh, so I play I play second guitar now. Mm-hmm. Um, tra- Trevor and Aaron switch off on guitar and drums. They're both very talented, so they can do both. Yeah. Um, and our uh, new bass player, her name is Sam. Sam, right? Uh, she's she's fantastic. Much much better bass player than I could ever uh, be. <laughs> Two ladies in the uh, band. But it's really it's really uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's really great though. Um, it, it's really rounded us out, and uh, we feel very confident in our sound now. It's, yeah. it, there's a big difference between a, a three piece and a four piece sure. as far as sound goes. So I'm sure. very excited about what can happen and recording the next album sometimes yeah so um just talk about that briefly because obviously want to um uh, get people listening as well as the is the ep honk if you're hungry which is mm-hmm. also the title track um i know you, you also mm-hmm. i found you had uh, a 2015 demo on Bandcamp. um that is still yeah there. that was um i always forget that <laughs> i always forget that forget it exists. uh that was uh that was just aaron and i actually and uh-huh. some drums that we that we put together on a garage band which uh-huh. uh sounds it actually doesn't sound too terrible terrible but yeah. that's kind of the very beginnings of um uh beverage and the drinks that was before we even decided to uh to to fully uh put bev into the band that was um oh, okay that was kind okay. of the very, the very beginnings of of our our venture into what we are now <laughs> But it's a it's kind of a nice little nice little uh, EP that some people might enjoy. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> and the EP um, "Hunger If You're Hungry" on iTunes and there's Bandcamp as well. Is it? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just there's there's I mean I I love all the tracks, but um, the one that's kind of obviously "Hunger You're Hungry" is extremely catchy. But the one that really <laughs> sticks with me is and I I've been listening to and kind of working out I'm too old. Now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How relatable, right? Well, see, the thing is, I I kind of initially just got the I'm too old because I am too old, but I still live like I'm 20. And you're not too old <laughs> no no i'm not but other people tell me people try to tell me but the hat is the so i thought okay i'm getting this stuff about kind of i can't cope with the social and then i got the oh he's talking to a guy he's talking about a guy a younger guy on grinder or scruff or wherever you may have landed um, th- th- was this prompted by a, a real kind of a, a life situation where you went, shit, this is, I just can't keep up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, so most of my songs are written about real life situations. Yeah, of like, course. I can't really uh, 
I, I don't have the imagination to write about anything <laughs> else. So you'll find you'll find a lot of my writing to be about um, uh, the the ventures of uh, a thirty something gay man in the in the age of grinder and scruff and all that sure, shit. Sure. Uh, so so I'm too old is um, I came to this realization that I just do not I. And there are exceptions, of course. Um, <laughs> I've met many people in their 20s that I have a lot in common with. Uh, sure, sure. Wonderful, wonderful people. But as far as dating goes, I came to the realization that I just cannot relate necessarily <laughs> with mm. with people in their 20s. And <laughs> this may be my issue. It's it's certainly it's certainly fine. And <laughs> but. I, I just don't want to go out at midnight and <laughs> and I I don't know how Snapchat works. <laughs> God, a Snapchat's such an awful creature. I I can't bear it. I I mean I have it and I right. I look at I look at it because I get dick pics every now and then. Well, there you go. But, Useful for uh, something, but but yeah. Boys, please send me more because <laughs> I don't actually I don't even know what my Snapchat name is to get. Uh, get some some uk dick uh but anyway um, i was gonna say send, you me, to, send me in, I, uh, send me in i will get i will put all your links you. yeah on the on, on on show notes i'll get i'll get i'll let you can put it all there I'll, I'll get it from you afterwards thank um you, thank you i appreciate that <laughs> but uh yeah so anyway um so i'm too old uh kind of written just in a in a time of feeling like i just uh just have to put a filter up or something as far as filtering out those 20 somethings because yeah it just wasn't working out i would i would go on dates and i i'm very i'm very i'm a very optimistic person so and yeah. i can really talk to anyone yeah. for the most part but i would go i would go on a date or two and just kind of sit there and sit my drink and be like i just i, I do not know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> so um so yeah that's that's uh that's what that song is about yeah um, i also have some uh, some other some other songs about some various uh, social media experiments. So, <laughs> Thunder Thighs, tell all. Yes. Tell us all. Thunder Thighs. Yeah. Uh, Thunder Thighs. I, I, really, I really love um, the song Thunder Thighs. It's, mm. uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting song because I wrote it when I was much younger. I wrote it when I was in college, I believe. Mm. Um, and it was about this... Uh, it was about this guy who used to mow the grass on campus and he had these big legs. And I would just, and I was working at a uh, an overnight desk, so in the morning, whenever, uh, whenever the grass would get mowed, I would just uh, stand outside and just watch. <laughs> it, was, it sounds like it sounds lecherous and creepy, but I was also probably nineteen. So yes, you're so allowed creepy. to do that. Um, <laughs> but um, fun, so Thunder Thighs was actually the name of my. Uh, my queer band uh, that I was in in Ohio. Right. So, um, but it was never. So it's kind of an homage to that. We never played that song in the band, but uh-huh. I wrote it kind of as the theme song that never really got fleshed out. Oh, so okay. As soon, so as soon as we, as soon as Aaron and I started uh, beverage and the drinks, we started working on that song right away. And it's still, it's still one of my favorites, even though it's uh, uh, quite old. And I played it approximately a thousand times whoa, so. whoa. It's, it's it's very uh it's it's uh very near to my heart i love it yeah and it's also it's also a little more dynamic than some of our other three chord uh ditties right that we do um <clears throat> this is this is uh, i mean bring me to uh, other tracks that i've discovered of yours kind of outside of the ep of course but um just mm-hmm. just as a as a quick question how often do you guys get together to to rehearse to practice uh, we practice about twice a week. Okay, so it is pretty and all the time. It really, it, yeah, it really depends on our schedules. Uh, we're all very busy in our personal lives mm. and other bands and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, every everyone is in. Um, I believe everyone is in another band except for myself. Um, You've but, got enough to deal with uh, with one, yeah. I know it's two personalities. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> so um, th- this but... this um this this brings me to uh, well, one of the other tracks that I well, there's two particularly I I love absolutely love mm-hmm. bitter old queen. 
<laughs> Love yeah. that. Now, is that about a miserable ex or just a friend, or is it part of you? <laughs> where, do, where does that Where does that one come from? <laughs> no, it's a it's a culmination of some some other dates I've gone on. Okay. But I wrote that song right after this specifically miserable uh, meeting with, or not meeting, date with. Uh, uh-huh with a guy in Chicago that just complained the whole time and I just could not handle it. <laughs> and I am, I can get through pretty much everything, anything. And during that one, I just got up and I was like, I can't deal with your negativity. I am oh. out. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. I, actually leave and I felt it. very bad about it, but I walked home, I wrote bitter old queen and, uh, it's one of my favorites as well. I think it's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, uh, that'll think... be on our on our new album. Oh, okay. I was going to say when. that was one of my next questions. Um, also, mm-hmm. I'm having a tryst with a narcissist. Another, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that the guy had uh, the guy had um, pictures of uh, of of him with exes on the walls. Is this? Oh my gosh! Not even not even exes. <laughs> this was a. This was a pretty funny one too. Um, so I'm so the song is called "I'm Having a Tryst with a Narcissist." Yes. Um, it, it's uh, it's about a, a past a kind of relationship that I had at some point. But I was with this I was with someone for almost a year, and it was supposedly pretty monogamous, with mm-hmm. uh, a few exceptions that we talked about. Um, but uh, but <laughs> I found. <laughs> and it's so it's so ridiculous because I don't really I'm not I'm not really uh, a jealous person but yeah. I don't like I don't, uh, but I don't like dishonesty. Sure. Um, so he had a uh, he printed out a bunch of uh, photographs that he mm. had taken that had that had timestamps on them yeah. and just had them sitting on uh, his table when I walked over. I was like, oh, what what are these? And yeah. it was a bunch of pictures of him with other men yeah um in bed yeah. and i was like what is this this is fucking stupid are you really gonna hang pictures of yourself with uh <laughs> with past past uh partners on oh the wall and there was also there was also one of, there was also one of me which i was like okay oh. that's weird um but uh but it wasn't it wasn't like hypersexual it was kind of like artistic in a way yeah but i noticed the time but i noticed the time stamps on the photos yeah and they were taken during the time that we were together. So I was like, oh, oh all right, buddy. Oh. <laughs> I, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was a, it was a, it, it was pretty stupid. <laughs> and I should have saw it coming. I have, I've had a lot of uh, bad decision making in my in my but it leads to so I, much material i mean this is the thing i mean you know long long i don't want to wish you bad relationships the rest of your life but what are you going to do if it all works out and then it's just going to be like oh my god i suppose you can write about I that know. you can write about that you can write about did pra- practical things going wrong in life you know i guess no that's... one no one wants to hear a happy story. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the thing about... the thing about sorry i mean the thing about your your music is that even though <laughs> that, yeah this is all about you know it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't bring anybody down it's just a lot of people will just go yeah yeah i know i i i, I i'm there with you so yeah yeah, yeah that's true but uh i i, I quite like uh, having a choice with the narcissist the, the song at least not the yes, yes but um but it's kind of it, it, it's uh pretty telling of some of the narcissistic tendencies that uh especially gay men have yeah. these days which is uh kind of frustrating and um kind of stems from like the the all the selfies on yeah. instagram and just kind of like looking for likes and all that shit that's kind of yeah. it's annoying to me but i whatever i do it sometimes too so i mean again and, the thing and, is and, you've got to do it because that's you you're, mm-hmm. you're promoting and so it's not you're not mm-hmm. just doing it for the sake of just you know because mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. people to see i don't know a day in the life here's my dinner i can't bear any of that but um <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that stuff annoys me um exactly um but yes yeah, so just uh, i wanted to say just uh, for listeners as well i mean i i uh, found a really uh the really good recording uh, it was you did thunder thighs on uh, d2 records um mm-hmm. and that particular i don't know that's the sound of that is is 
uh, I don't know what you feel because it's your band, but it sent for me. I thought that sounded um, really tight and there's like a it's a good solid um, kind of introduction to you. There's loads. I mean, this is the thing. I'm I'll put links to everything for you. Cool. Um, but um, yeah, the um, there's a there's a recording of Thunder Thighs on. It was there's a. I, I think there's a video and an audio recording but it's uh ah. dz records it's this uh small oh it's little, dz sorry um, not d2 yeah yep yeah, it's uh it's in kind of like the suburbs of chicago it's this little uh house out in the middle of nowhere that there's these really great um mm-hmm. punk rock shows and it's a really interesting place that uh you wouldn't think that this little uh house would be packed on the weekends but it's a great community out there that comes out and supports all the bands which That's is amazing really fantastic yeah they're great they put on a festival every year too which is really fun it's great that it's in a house that's 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 i Mm -hmm. I love that idea um because i'm aware of your time constraints because you you are a busy man woman um (laughs) so i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty good i got like 30 45 minutes okay um so this kind of takes me to uh influences um and stuff like that so what the first question in in that world is what was your first what was the first album or single that you ever you remember i mean going right back (laughs) even Mm -hmm. if it's just the muppets i mean (laughs) um let's see the first album that i purchased myself was dookie dookie by green day okay um i remember buying that at the mall and loving it um which is I'm I'm a child of the '90s, uh-huh. at least mu- musically. That's where most of my influences came from in the sure. beginning. Uh, so I was uh, kind of coming into my uh, musical life in the mid '90s uh-huh. or so. Um, so I loved Green Day. I loved all the kind of spin-off poppy punk bands around there. Like, um, well, Pansy Division is from that sure. time as well. That's how I actually found out about them is through Green Day because they were together. Uh-huh. together. Uh-huh in the mid 90s um most of my influences are actually and this may be this may say something about wanting to perform in drag and uh uh give this illusion of a female uh front woman but most of my influences are mostly female fronted bands if not all female uh bands which i think is pretty common for a lot of gay people i i mean uh a lot of queer people you mentioned debbie harry and the wilsons and Absolutely, yeah. Debbie Harry with Blondie and Heart. Uh, the Pretenders were huge uh, when I was a Chrissy kid. Hine. I loved loved Chrissy Hine quite a bit. I loved um, a lot of those kind of like 80s uh, uh, female-fronted bands like the Go-Go's and Bangles and B-52s. Joan and, Jett? Uh, yeah, Joan Jett was always... I, I didn't really get into Joan Jett too much until a little later. Um, I loved The Runaways. Okay. Uh, quite a bit at one point. I think that <laughs> I think Joan Jett kind of mm-hmm. was off my radar because I uh, saw Joan Jett when I was a kid at like a like county fair, and I was like, <laughs> well, "Well, what is she uh, doing?" But then, but anyway, um, I digress. Um, yes, no. The re- uh, so, so Susie, Susie, and the Banshees was that a bit too? That's a bit too early. Uh, I, I absolutely love Susie and the Banshees, um, but I was not, they weren't on my radar early on, in my influences. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, I try to learn my, learn my history a little bit as far as punk rock and uh, rock and roll goes. So I, uh, I certainly love Susie and the Banshees and I love X, um, the Revillos or Rizillos. Male leads that have had kind of an influence on you as well. I mean, people like i don't know i mean i'm just top of my head but i'm thinking of like the pixies and, and people like that um um yeah but I, they were never quite as as influential for some reason i mean i i there's a there's a ton of bands that i love that have male lead singers for yeah. sure. um i mean i love david bowie obviously but that's a little bit <laughs> well yeah <laughs> so i mean it's yeah. a little different i suppose yeah. um I love, uh, I still love Green Day. I love Mr. T Experience. I, um, mm-hmm. Waves is a really great band that's uh, okay, male-fronted right now. They're fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of local bands that I love that 
have male lead singers as sure, well. So, sure. um, so I'm not, I'm not too, uh, too particular yeah. as far as that goes. Um, but it's, it always seemed like the female fronted bands were the ones that I really felt power from. I felt like sure. I connected with them in some way. So yeah. I think that that's a very, uh, telling, uh, thing about yeah. my early musical life and where you've ended now. Where you've mm-hmm. where you've landed um, as well, this as this beautiful as, woman exactly exactly <laughs> um, and she's stunning <laughs> um, so your your first what was the first gig you ever went you kind of that stuck with you that you went to where you went to see somebody else play. oh my gosh my first gig um, mm. so there was this very cool punk rock club in Cleveland mm-hmm. called the Euclid Ta- called the Euclid Tavern. Uh, in the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And I used to, <laughs> when I turned 16, I uh, got my driver's license, and I used to um, I used to tell my parents I was doing something else and just drive up to Cleveland in a pretty bad part of town and just go to shows up there. Right. And, <laughs> um, and uh, one that really sticks out in my mind as one of the... Uh, very influential ones is this band called the groovy goalies uh-huh. who i uh it's developed a, it's a great name uh who i developed a friendship with as well and ended up booking quite a bit in the um in the my college years but uh-huh. i went to see a show by that band and it was very influential because they had theatrics and they had uh crowd participation and all kinds of props yeah. which is something that I love to this day. I think yeah. that a live show should really contain some sort of uh, interesting aspect, uh-huh. which is another reason why I love to do it as a drag queen and have yeah. uh, props and throw snacks into the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Get it's all, brilliant. All, kinds of, uh, all kinds of fun little interactions. So uh, that, was, that was very influential to me because the Groovy Goalies were uh, and were and are uh, one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, and it right. Was in a small, dirty club when I was supposed to be at a friend's house, probably. Yeah, how exciting! <laughs> but yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. yeah. It's those experiences when you're not supposed to be there, of course. Exactly. Um, so, jumping into talking about drag as well. So, for, for you, drag heroes. I mean, obviously, um, just because I was uh, reading bits and pieces about you yesterday, and an obvious mm-hmm. one jumped out in. Uh, somebody was talking about you and comparing you to. Um, Jane County, and I was like, oh, "Of course, there you go," because I couldn't <laughs> yeah. think. I, I, I was like, "Where? Who else is do? Who's done this?" And that was. Um, but are there others uh, from well, from all time that have kind mm-hmm. of that play a part that have a part of Bev's um, history? Uh, as far as drag goes, I yeah, Jane, I mean, Jane County's not really a drag queen, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can. I definitely see the the relation there, um, and it's a very flattering <laughs> mm. comparison for sure mm-hmm. because I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Divine obviously is huge. I yeah. was very big into the John Waters movies, and still am. Yeah. Um, so Divine was a very big influence. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of liked kind of the alternative types of drag and theatrics. Yeah. Uh, that come with it. Um, I wasn't uh, terribly familiar with drag until I uh, moved to Chicago. I, I would go and see drag shows here and there when I was in Ohio, but I didn't really start going to see drag shows or really knowing about drag until I was in Chicago. And um, I still don't really go as much as I should because I am too goddamn old. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, as far as, Influential queens. Um, I mean, there's some amazing queens here in Chicago that yeah. uh, influenced me as well. Uh, Lucy Stuhl and um, sure. Joan Waters and all of them that do the Fabitat is they're all fantastic. I wish I could spend a little more time with them. Yeah. Um, but uh, you've got connections with um, Shay Coulee as well, is that right? From <laughs> I'm uh, Shay and our our acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. we're friends. We actually. Um, I can't remember exactly where we met. I think it might have been on Tinder. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I and I feel like I, I clocked her immediately. I was like, "Girl, do you do you do drag?" <laughs> and this was way this was way before Drag Race, obviously. Right, right. <laughs> right. But she just lives down the street from me as well. Oh, okay, okay. So it's she's, local. Thing. She's such a lovely person. I have a great time whenever I 
get a get the pleasure of hanging yeah, out yeah. with her um yeah. talking of the kind of the alternative um are your thoughts have you uh, i'm sure you have watched dragula uh yeah i actually <laughs> i just watched the um the first episode of my new season yesterday it was interesting <laughs> yeah it's very it's, it's yeah they've 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 upped the um i guess there's more money there but um yeah mm-hmm. it's uh, it's yeah it's it's quite quite vicious from the from the offset i think it feels like they're going going for the jug mm-hmm. they sure are i <laughs> i i thought it was i thought it was a great episode and it was a very entertaining watch i do not think that i could ever do uh do what they do i i, I yeah. don't think i would want some needles in my arms but uh that's <laughs> that's cool <laughs> but, i thought i watched i watched the entire first season too and it was uh it was, i mean the production was very low but i i i really like the idea of having something other than rupaul's drag race absolutely absolutely i mean even though um uh, so you do say that 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 was kind of an introduction for you was was drag race was a big part of um beginnings for you as well yeah we used to i guess i guess um uh, that was kind of born out of early drag race in some sense we uh we would get together and have viewing parties and uh put on wigs and all that shit and that's kind of where uh that was that was really born yeah um i didn't really start uh doing actual <laughs> drag or drag makeup until uh beverage and the drinks really mm-hmm. and that's where I, I i felt a little more empowered to be better <laughs> 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 and when i look at oh my god when i look at those early shows that we played as beverage and the drinks i cringe because those <laughs> uh <laughs> that, it was not it was not my best and i'm still not i'm still not great and I think there's always room to learn, but sure. I only do drag maybe twice, two to three times a month yeah. whenever we play shows or do any sort of filming or whatnot. So, um, so I, I, I'm certainly not, uh, not a five day a week queen yeah. like a lot of, a lot of the others are, but you know, everybody does their own thing. Exactly. It's all, exactly. it's all valid. But your worlds, <laughs> do you find that the two worlds, the, 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 the queer core, queer punk, world your world and the world of of Shay or lucy stall or do they, they they cross sometimes um here here and there i think they're crossing more and more these mm-hmm. days but uh definitely they're they're definitely not not connected yeah. um as much as they could be i don't think i think mm-hmm. there could be well i think i think the main problem is that most of the most most drag in chicago at least is done in boys town for the most uh-huh. part um which is the little strip of gay bars in sure. lakeview and those those venues don't really have a setup or really the need to have live music right um and the kind of music we play isn't club music it's not really mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that would go over that well at um at a normal drag show so i totally understand mm. why those two worlds don't really cross i think it's easier for a punk rock show to bring in drag queens to right. uh, lip sync or uh, or do whatever sort of art that they like to portray in drag to a punk rock show rather than the other bringing a punk band into a traditional drag show, which I wish I wish they would cross over more, and I wish that I could be a little more integrated into some of the more traditional drag, yeah. but. It's uh, it's it's kind of difficult, and I I haven't really met many queens in Chicago because of that, which is sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, the I think world should... of social media is strong. Well, completely. I think, it's, funnily enough, you you should uh, if you can get yourself a gig in London. The world's uh, there. There is kind of a there is a there is a scene in London where the two worlds do seem to be meeting a lot more. Um, mm, cool. That's great. Um, that's and that's growing. So um, you, you, there's definitely a place for beverage and drinks. So again, get yourself. Do you hear that? Do you hear that, London? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to yeah. uh, to, to investigate that. <laughs> exactly. It's only a, it's not a long flight. It's not going to cost that much. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, just going back to to women in music. So I mean, I just because I, I in my prep earlier, I was kind of thinking of people that other people that may have influenced you. Um, sort of uh, Patti Smith, Courtney Love. Have they played any part in your 
in your development or not so much? I love Patty Smith. Um, I'm actually reading her book right now. Just right. It. Uh, but um, as far as musical influence, Patty Smith does not really influence me musically all that much. I mm -hmm. love listening to her, but uh, when I sit down to write music, it's not really what it's I go for. Like sure. um, <laughs> Courtney Love, uh, yeah. I mean, I love I love Hole. I love uh, uh, I love what Courtney Love has brought to the world with her um, antics. So sure, she's a she's a great influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ultimate I, in uh, in in she she she's pretty drag herself. Let's face it. Uh, that, that, that's very true. I I sing celebrity skin whenever I do karaoke. So ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I, I like Cole and I like uh, Courtney Love. I think she's great. Um, <laughs> so I don't really have too much to say. No, no, no. It was just, it was just. I was like, okay. I wondered. It was just kind of like oh, that. That's they. They came to mind. Yeah. But um, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because uh, my my main influence as far as strong female women is a band called the Muffs, who uh, was very popular in the '90s. They had, um, they got, they kind of hit it big with that uh, Clueless soundtrack when they did Kids in America. Which, oh, okay. Uh, which is uh, not necessarily to. Um, it, it doesn't really should tell you who the moths really are by that song. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, there was this, so she, so Kim Shattuck is the, uh, is the lead singer of the moths and her and Courtney Love had this huge feud in the nineties. It was like before, oh. before you could have internet drama, which was, okay. Okay. <laughs> which was fantastic. And I was just, I loved it. I would read the articles and see them like kind of like <laughs> fighting with each other. And I just loved it. The claws came out. So I had to pick a side. So I always pick the side of the moths. So okay. Like, fuck, okay. Fuck you, Courtney Love. Oh, I, I see. Do. I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but I do. I but I do. Like and I, like, I think that her music. Is what's the immediate future for Beverage and the Drinks? What's What's ahead? Do you have any gigs coming up? We do. Um, the immediate future is playing a few more gigs in the next few months. Uh, we have a we have a show on. Um, November 30th at Township with a band called MTV Ghosts. It's a uh, another queer band in Chicago. Um, I'm starting to put together a monthly queer show there, which is pretty fun. That I'll oh, be so you're cur mostly curating it. Correct, yeah. I'll wow. be, um, I'll, the band will be playing here and there at it, but I'll be hosting the ones that we don't play, mm -hmm. which will be pretty fun. Um, let's see. We're going to be trying to record our full-length album sometime in probably January, mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully that'll be out in the spring. All right. Um, okay. We've we finally written. Um, we finally finished writing for it, which is exciting. So it'll probably be about a 12-song full-length album. We will see where it gets released and. Um, and what it will be called and all that later. But, sure. Uh, keep, we'll keep everyone updated on our social media and whatnot. Yes. Uh, we're going to keep practicing, keep uh, playing shows as a four-piece, which is exciting. Um, we have a few shows coming up in the new year as well, which will all be announced sometime soon. Okay. Uh, as, of right, as of right now, we have nothing announced, but they should be up this week, I hope. And hope it will so. be on, on your website. Um, it'll be on our website, on our Facebook, on our um band camp most likely sure uh where you can buy the albums as well yeah um just um to say would you would you like to come and play in london is that is that a, would that be a thing in your mind to to do a bit of outside the u.s travel yeah definitely if someone can afford to buy four plane tickets exactly <laughs> get you to glastonbury um, would, yeah i mean we would love to we would love to travel we'd love to tour uh, we would love to play anywhere that will have us that yeah. will not kill us. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm sorry, Uganda, but we will not be touring there. Um, <laughs> no, but we would love we would love to we would love to come to Europe at some point. Yeah. Maybe after our full length is out, we can uh, try to figure out some touring possibilities. Um, I definitely we think still haven't people... really. What's that? I'm sorry. I was going to say there's definitely oh. there's definitely an audience for you here. Definitely. Perfect. That's great. Um, I think that we put on a really fun show and we mm. try to make every show very different from the last. Um, yeah. We usually have some sort of <laughs> some sort of stupid theatrics that we throw in, like 
at our uh, EP release show, we raffled off the opportunity to shave Aaron's beard <laughs> during Bitter Old Queen. Brilliant. So, <laughs> Brilliant. And all and all the pro- all the proceeds went to the uh, transgender law center. Oh, so we usually try to do we usually try to do some sort of uh, some sort of um, fundraising at um, many of our shows, uh, which is is uh, very nice to be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we would love to tour. We'd love to tour the U.S. We'd love to tour the U.K. Um, at some point. So. Uh, we will see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be there sooner than later. Yeah, keep fingers crossed. Um, finally, mm-hmm. um, Bev, there's just so much humor and kind of joy and energy in your music, as I said before. And I think your story, <laughs> your, your your story is is pretty inspiring to others who might be wanting to go outside of the kind of straightforward path of uh, of a career life, etc. What word, mm-hmm. just words of wisdom, you'd give to someone who's thinking of dipping their toes into music? Um, or even drag as kind of as a life as a this might be something I can do in my life and are nervous to do so what would be something you could say to encourage um, <laughs> I don't I don't really think I know I'm making you become agony aunt and I, I, advice I, columnist no, but... I get it. <laughs> you know I, I really feel that that everything that you do and as an artist you should really be able to influence people and be able to bring what you really believe in to people in a certain way yeah and i think that it's important to have fun when you're doing it don't don't uh uh dissuade yourself from doing something because you're scared or because you don't think that it's going to go over well just fucking do it Mm -hmm. and have fun while you do it i mean if you so whenever we play a show, I have the best time. And I think that that really comes across. Yeah. And if it was stressful or if I was nervous or if I didn't think that what I was doing was um, exciting or interesting, mm. then it wouldn't come across that way. So mm-hmm. just have fun. And drag is fun. Doing art is fun. Mm-hmm. At least usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, d- so don't. So kind of don't, don't take yourself uh, too seriously. Don't be scared. Yeah, exactly. I mean, drag is not serious. And <laughs> some people, some people may take it seriously, but that's not the kind of drag that I do. At least, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that I'm a total clown, and I like taking that to the stage and showing people exactly what I do. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. The higher the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, and finally, where can people find you on all social medias and websites and everything? Okay, yes. Uh, we have, well, we have a website, beverageinthedrinks.com, which is constantly under uh, construction, but uh, it's our... It's a good website. I guess we could call him, I guess we could call him our manager, but uh, my best friend Nick kind of curates a lot of our social media and our, a lot of our, well, not social media, but at least our website and mm-hmm. our uh, online store. Um, you, can buy, um, you can buy our album on Bandcamp. Um, and you can also buy our album and some shirts and merchandise on our big cartel site, which I can send you the link for. I think yes. it's, uh, I think it's called Bev's Boutique. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, on big cartel. Um, and if you want shipping to the UK, I can probably figure that out. I might have to just charge you a few extra bucks. Yeah. Um, cause I was going to order, cause I just to say uh, your t-shirts and, uh, you've got bumper yeah. stickers. You've got bumper stickers. That's incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do. But... Yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff coming out too. Uh, a lot of new merch. Um, we're redesigning some of our stickers and t-shirts and stuff right now. Uh, so we'll have new t-shirts. But yes. if you want a classic beverage on the drinks t-shirt, you better buy them soon because our screen printer went out of business. So that screen is never going to be made again. Okay, I'm going so to order a limited later edition. I'm going to do it later. <clears throat> Perfect. Do it. Um, and we're on all the yes. social media as well. So Facebook, Instagram, um, those are all beverage and the drinks. Mm-hmm. And also my personal page on Facebook just went up after mm-hmm. I got through the, the Facebook filters of being a real person. <laughs> um, so friend me on Facebook, Beverly Rage. And I'm also Beverly Rage on Twitter, uh, which I'm slowly learning how to use. Um, what else is there? Snapchat. You can send all of your uh, unmentionable to me via <laughs> via that. I will start a. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. I don't really want to see. You're gonna get it now. You've said it, and um, now it's gonna happen. So well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's some sort. Of, there's some some sort of consent thing that's going on there. But uh, you can you can send them, and uh, if I choose to con- if I choose to look, then that will happen. Exactly. Um, 
And let's see, I think that might be it for social media, but we're very accessible. Send us messages. I'm, uh, I love hearing from people and let me know your thoughts on our music exactly. because it is constantly evolving. I will like to say, um, our honk if you're hungry EP is, uh, four songs. Uh, check it out. It's kind of a good, a, a good, uh, way to hear the beginnings of the band. It's our, us as a three piece. It's us very, very polished in yeah. the recording. But when you see us live, we're very dirty, we're very messy, uh, we're very loud. So um, our next album is going to reflect that kind of part of the band. So it's going to be a lot garagier, it's going to be sure. uh, loud and messy and dirty. So I'm excited to let people hear that kind of... That and you're all over YouTube as well, as well, aren't you? So there's a lot of YouTube. We are, yes. So, uh, so people can... Oh yeah, look, check out our, uh, check out our uh, music video for Honk If You're Hungry as well. It's yeah. very fun to make. Yes, and it brilliant. was very, very messy. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of a lot of slop food there. Um, yep. Well, look, exactly. Bev, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us, um, and um, yeah, and I, I hope that we get to meet in person, and I hope to get to see you live, whether it be over there or over here, one side of the pond. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Cheers again. Great. We could also we could also just meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, maybe in like uh, the Mar- Mariana Trench. Yeah, or like yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe I could make it. We could make it sort of Caribbean. That's kind of on your way. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> um, Not many of those islands really would uh, would appreciate us to be no, there. No, that but is that's, true. That's okay. That's a true. Well, we could, <laughs> we're there to change the world. Um, so, cheers. Exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs>